views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub from Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. This is the time to empower yourself. Now, here's your host, Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Welcome, welcome to Empowerment Radio. We are on today with a very special guest, which I'm very excited to introduce in a few moments. But let me first talk about the topic of today's show. It's a topic that uh, I went through several times myself. It's something that I believe most of us will at some point come face to face with and make a choice to either struggle or strive and uh, embrace that phase in our life that some may call the midlife, the midlife crisis, but our guest calls the midlife mojo. Now, what does that actually mean? Does it mean like, you know, when you're 45 or 50, that's a moment when you question everything and you buy a red sports car, get a younger model and just, you know, go into the sunset? Well, that's maybe in movies and sometimes also in real life, but it's usually more the extreme version of the midlife crisis. And to be honest, my first midlife crisis happened in my mid thirties. It was when I was in cardiology and uh, working along and having just kind of insane hours of being in the hospital and uh, feeling a lot of the pressure of uh, just having to go uh, through 35 to 40 patients a day, basically no time to really to know anyone in a more uh, profound detail. And at some point, I just had the feeling we are pretty much dealing more with uh, human machines because we are looking for the flaw in the system than we are dealing with human beings that have a heart and a soul and, and a reaction to their heart problems. So at some point, it just feel felt like that I had enough. But I didn't want to admit it to myself because uh, if you go to medical school for a long time and if you go through residency and go through all these troubles and then, of course, there are the expectations from the people that you love and care about, you don't want to admit to yourself that, well, maybe that is not the best choice for you. Well, my crisis happened in the middle of the night where I woke up with cold sweats and a literally booming voice in my head that said, so you're going to do this for the next 25 years? 
And that thought in itself really just augmented my fear and my stress. And and I had to really face myself and wonder if this is the life I want to live. Is this is it? Is this is really where I basically spent most days and most of the times in the next 20 years with in a in a in a manner that was rather unfulfilling, in a manner that didn't really feel like it was helping me to maybe use all of my gifts and talents, in a manner that just felt like also that it was depleting me more than it was feeding me and I wasn't as useful as I could be. So, of course, in that little crisis, I didn't make immediate changes, but I had my mind open and I was looking for ways that I could change and at least have some reprieve. And so this is then when I had this opportunity to go for two years to Seattle and to the University of Washington and uh, out of two years became many years and I changed my careers twice after that. And all of them was basically due to that catalytic, uh, yeah, you could say that catalytic effect of having to face the moment where you're asking yourself, shouldn't there be more? Isn't there really more to life than that? Am I really fulfilled? Is that really what I want? And that is a crisis I believe a lot of people are facing. And often it's midlife. It's like when you have had a career that you're in for quite some time, when the kids may be just leaving the house, when you feel like you have been living in the same place for a long time and something inside of you may ask you, hey, I just want more. There's just something inside that is wanting maybe to burst out or something that wants to expand that has been more contracting for a long time. Now, Carl Jung had basically categorized our development in different stages, the development of a human being. And the first few phases are the athlete stage and the warrior stage. And basically, these are the stages where we are more claiming ourselves and focusing on the outside and uh, and just figuring out uh, what we can do and how we fit in and uh, basically how to interact with the world. But after that are the two other stages, which I think are the ones that happen when we go through this midlife, which again can happen anytime between 30 and 60. And it's that statement stage and the stage of the spirit. And the statement stage is basically that time where we realize that we have chased in our life after things that are maybe not as meaningful or as fulfilling as we thought they would be. This can be money, success, recognition, security, all of those things. And we are feeling in that stage that we want to do more meaningful things, just like I felt. I want to make a difference. I want to serve others and not just serve in some ways a a machine that needs to be fed then once you're realizing that you can be more, you know, in a place of contribution, a place where you do feel that what you have to offer matters and it gives you a great sense of satisfaction to see that you do make a difference and that you are of service, there is then the next stage, which is a stage of the spirit, which 
Young describes as the time in our lives where we turn more inwards and where we are searching more for who we truly are. Now, many people are going through this stage earlier in life, but I believe there is a natural evolution inside of us when we give ourselves permission to do so, when we are allowing ourselves the time and the awareness to realize that we are more than our body, more than our possessions and our relationships and and come to that deeper understanding that we are ultimately spiritual beings having a human experience. Now, the wise Chinese man Lao Tzu said about that state, can you step back from your own mind and thus understand all things, giving birth and nourishing, having without possessing, acting, with no expectations, leading and not trying to control, this ultimately is the supreme virtue. And this is, I believe, that state and the choices we can make to get there that uh, our very dear guest today is talking about in her fabulous book. And for this, I just want to introduce the unstoppable Frankie Picasso. She is the author of several books, and uh, the one that we're going to talk about is called Midlife Mojo, How to Get Through the Midlife Crisis and Emerge as Your True Self. Isn't that like exciting to emerge as the true self? So I'm excited right now to talk to Frankie about the book and her tips and insights on being in the midlife and finding the true self. So thank you so much, Frankie, for showing up. Well, Friedman, thank you so much for having me. And I have to say, I don't think you need me. You did a fantastic job. (laughs) (laughs) But I want you. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, that's different. That's different then. But no, you really very succinctly, you know, spoke and eloquently about, about this midlife crisis, what I I like to refer to it as a midlife metamorphosis. And uh, it it really is a time of of questioning. And and I had that same voice come to me in the middle of the night and say, do you really want to do this for the next 30, 40 years? And, you know, I had to be honest. what were you doing at that time? I was married (laughs) to somebody. (laughs) But I, I, you know... I look. I I was in this marriage, and I didn't want to be there. And and I thought, can I? I mean, I could have done it, and I would have for you know everybody's expectations, our parents, and everybody else. But I thought, do you really want to do this for thirty years? Be in this? And I was like, no, totally stifled. You know, you, you brought up um, Carl Jung, but you know, Kierkegaard said life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived. Forwards, and I think that's what we're talking about. What happens in midlife? We have an opportunity to look back and and go, you know, the last thirty or forty years were were good, but I don't feel I'm I'm that person yet. I don't feel like I've reached my potential, or I don't feel I know what my purpose is, or I don't feel like I'm the right player in the right time, and and yet because we've lived that many years, we can look forward and extrapolate and go okay, I might have 30 or 40 more years to live forward. How would I like to do that? Do I want to keep it the same or do I want to try something different? 
And while we are doing that, of course, there are all these kind of negative voices coming up. Like, oh, yeah. you, know, you don't teach uh, an old dog new tricks. It's too late. Well, I better be just happy with what I have. What are you going to do with these negative voices? And how do we find the courage to move forward? All of those things we will talk about more after the break. So stay tuned. We will be right back. If you're dealing with fear and anxiety, you've probably noticed that the more you fight these emotions, the stronger they seem to get. Dr. Friedemann Schaub, the author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, explains that instead of suppressing, we need to identify and resolve the deeper, subconscious root causes of fear and anxiety. His personal breakthrough program has helped thousands worldwide to overcome their emotional challenges. To learn more, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com and schedule your free consultation with Dr. Schaub now. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, this is Leslie Fontaine, and my show is Sheer Alchemy on TransformationTalkRadio.com. When we're bogged down with our emotions, the hardships that plague us in our relationships, at work, our finances, we literally can't see the higher plane where we could be operating from. Tune in to Leslie Fontaine, Sheer Alchemy, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to TransformationRadio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Stephan each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Brand consultant Jen Morgan is here with Radically Distinct Radio to help you take control of your future and maximize your brand's power to produce results. Whether you're an individual trying to reinvent yourself and launch a new venture, or you're an executive trying to reposition your company to modernize your sales and marketing programs, Jen Morgan and the Rad Method empower you to play to your strengths and show up in the world as your most powerful brand. To learn more, go to jenmorgan.com, that's Jen with two N's, morgan.com, or call 206 970 Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. I am here on with Frankie Picasso. 
who is also called the unstoppable Frankie, which I want to actually briefly talk about. Now, Frankie, we talk about midlife mojo and you mentioned before that your crisis wasn't necessarily something that um, gave you immediately the mojo. It was more like a realization of not wanting to be in the marriage. But your story about this accident that happened and how you really had this moment of feeling unstoppable in the aftermath. Just tell us briefly what happened because I thought it was really fascinating to hear. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, I hope I hope I can come to that point where, where, where you're talking about. But I was in a motorcycle accident. I was I was in three motorcycle clubs. This was my my midlife crisis. I went and I bought a motorcycle. You know, I needed mm -hmm. my freedom, and and it, it was it's my favorite thing ever to have done. Like I just loved riding a motorcycle, and it was like you know for me riding horses when I was younger. And I get this motorcycle, and I I joined a couple of motorcycle clubs, and I was leading a ride, and a car just ran a stop sign, crossed a highway, and t-boned me. Now, I ended up in a hospital, short story, in the hospital for about six months. And everything that I thought I was and had and, you know, that we believe uh, was gone. I, you know, at the time I worked for the government, I, my, my title was special advisor for spirit. And I, I was in a, a drummer in a blues band. I was on the Canadian senior Dragon's Bone team. We were just about to go to Shanghai. And so all of these things while I was in the hospital went away. So everything I identified, I got divorced in the hospital. I lost my job in the hospital. The, you know, the band came and picked up their gear. The, the Dragon Boat team went on to do what they were going to do. And I was left in the hospital. The only thing I had left were my children. Even my dog died, you know, three days after wow. I got home. So, wow. and, and then, you know, two months later, the rod that they had put in my femur, I broke like just about every bone below my waist, that, um, broke. And so I had to walk on a broken leg for a year before I could get surgery. And so wow. all of these losses and all of these things, and, and I came to the realization though while I was in the hospital, it was a very deep spiritual journey. You've heard people talk about dark night of the soul. And I'm sure that that's what you know I went through. And, and because just one spiritual entity after another kept popping up and meeting me at, just at the right time, at the right place. And it was very interesting. But as where I was starting to go with this was that, you know, the first thing, if you met me at a cocktail party, Friedman, you might say, Frankie, you know, what do you do for a living? Or what, who are you? You know, and what do you drive? And all of these wonderful things. You're none of those things. And by me telling you what I did and what I drive and what I, all the other things that I did, don't tell you anything about me. It's not who I am at my soul, at my soul level. And I realized that my body, um, and you have to keep reminding your ego of this, that the body is just the car I get to drive while I'm here. It's not who I am. Uh, I don't really look like this. I only look like this right now. In another lifetime or entity, I might look different. So, you know, it's all temporary here, everything here on Earth. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because cocktail parties, when I went to parties, I used to, in Germany, when I was in cardiology, introduce myself as the doctor. And that was yeah. very embarrassing looking back because that was my identity. I couldn't really even, you know, come to any other conclusion until I found myself sobbing in a church one day, just looking for some deeper meaning, something that I felt like I can hold on to and identify myself with. But isn't it true that in those first phases I talked about that we often just get lost, lost in the obligations, lost in the ideas of what we have to do and these expectations, whether it's expectations of the people we're living with or 
societal expectation. And isn't it hard sometimes to find your way back? I mean, you had a major slap in the forehead, basically, with the yes. accident that made you pay attention. But you don't wish everyone a, an accident. No, I to don't. Make their way <laughs> back. So, what do you feel is a good way for people to wake up that there is more to themselves than question. just their jobs or their relationships? First, I want people to understand that they were, it's not their fault because they were socialized. You know, we wait, we were born and right from the moment that we're born, society, our parents, everybody says who we're going to be. You know, right. this is how you're going to act and this is what you're going to do and you're going to grow up and you're going to go to school and you're going to work and that's life and you're going to get married and have children and boom, life is all planned out from you right from the very beginning. And so all of the messaging that they gave you from, from your parents to your grandparents to your teachers went into that subconscious of yours and, and you start to, you know, take on this identity and act the way that they want you to do. But there's a small part of you that is still you and the real you is 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 in there and it says, but wait, I, I really like to do this and I really like to do that. Um, but you weren't given that opportunity because no, we don't do that in our house. No, people who come from where we come from, they don't do that. You know, mm. they don't, they're, they're accountants. Nobody would ever be an artist. And and so you, you put who you are on the back burner, um, maybe for even for a spouse, uh, because, you know, I don't like the way you dress. You know, I, could you just wear this? And, you know, so all of you becomes diluted. And, and so the way to come back to you is to start to question, you know, when you have that, uh, those nods to who you are, you know, grab that and just say, yes, you know what, who, who am I? What do I want? And, and questions are the, are the greatest way to do it. Cause that's what coaches do for you. We ask questions and you have answers. And even if you don't have answers, I never take, I don't know as an answer because whatever you're going to come up with is going to be a metaphor for what you really do want. So ask yourself some, some poignant questions, ask yourself if I had the opportunity and it wasn't going to impact anybody or anything like that. Would I still have the same life? Would I, would I have the same wife or husband? Would I have the same job? Would I live in the same neighborhood? Would I have the same friends? Would I drive the same car? You know, would I have the same relationship with my parents? What, you know, what and who am I? What do I like and what do I want? And if I don't have those things in my life, what can I do to get them? Yeah. Now, you spoke in the beginning, fear is going to stop us from getting those things. And, you know, I talk about in the book about the members of the board in our head, and we all have them. There's a bunch of different voices that live in our head that, you know, good, bad, ugly, tell you what to do, uh, tell you what to think, you know, they, and it's very hard to decipher who who is who and, and what am I supposed to do with them all. But there is, a, you're still there and you're the watcher and you're, and you can sit back and look at this, but how do you do that? Well, one of the ways to do that is to tune in, is to pretend that you're listening to a song. And, and you can do this by practicing listening to real music and identifying just the bass line. Just listen to the drums. Just listen to the sax. Just find the lead guitar. And when you can start to dissect all of those pieces out of the music as a whole, you can go to your own head and start to listen to the different voices and discern who it is that you are. The ego's going to fight you. The ego, you know, loves itself and and likes the way things are. Doesn't like change necessarily. So you you may be fought, but you question, question your beliefs because, you know, we're so used to having them that we never ask ourselves, do I really believe that? 
you know, I, are you racist? Am I? You know, did I ever question it? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know until I ask myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's really an important point to to ask and be also open to to learn. Now, I believe personally that the fear that you're saying is stopping us, this anxiety that a lot of people are dealing with, I believe it has also a lot to do with basically the message from the inside when we are on the wrong track. Because, you know, mm -hmm. for me, the anxiety came up when I realized this is not what I signed up here to do. This is not mm -hmm. what I'm here for. So sometimes we have to also maybe decipher is the anxiety telling us that we have to expand and explore something new or is the anxiety coming up because there is a fear of change or the fear of creating havoc or mm -hmm. rocking the boat. And as you said, these different voices, it's good when we are able to decipher them and be able to also communicate with them and uh, talk back to them and not just, you know, try to ignore them. Right. Yeah. You have to have that conversation with them and you can overcome fear and negative chatter and all of that, all of that's doable. Uh, but you have to figure out first, you know, what's driving you and, and who, who, who's at the helm, let's say, um, and what is it that you believe? And when you can figure out what you believe and what your value, uh, then you can start to change your life. Now, like you said, fear will often come up when, you know, things like this panic that when you talked about it in the beginning, the guy who bought the sports car got the young girl took off into the sunset. That you know, classic midlife crisis uh, yeah. event. There are people like that, and that event is is meant. That was a purposeful event. He didn't know or she didn't understand it, but it, the purpose of it was to break through in such a a. a, a crisis kind of way. Like we talked about the crisis of the trauma, because when you're in trauma, everything is laser focused right to that one event. And so he, they felt they were in, in a crisis and needed to break free from who their life that existed into something new. And the way to do that is to shock, you know, it's a big shock for everybody. And, and so they explode out of their life, like a bull in a China shop into, and try to go into something new. Now that persona doesn't generally last you know, eventually they get rid of the young girl, get somebody their own age again, and, and maybe they keep the car. I don't know. But that one event is really designed to kind of shoot them out of a cannon um, and break free from, from what I call that submission of, of society uh, into, into finding out who they really are. Now, do we, and that's something we're going to talk about after the break, but do we need to, if we are facing this crisis, really shake it all up, turn ourselves upside down and just let it all fall as it falls? Or is there a more maybe elegant and not as radical way to still have the same outcome? So when we, call, talk, when we come back, we will talk more about that <laughs> yeah. and much more with the fabulous guest, um, Frankie Picasso, who, by the way, also has her own radio show, It's called The Good Radio Network, and we'll talk more about how you can find it also after the break. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. You, yes you, can be the highest version of yourself. Wellness coach and natural beauty expert Dr. Agnes Frankel is on a mission to help you play the game of your life. Win in vibrancy, health, and beauty. Because you deserve it. Dr. Agnes goes beyond the limits in her personal coaching sessions to revolutionize health and wellness. Now is the time to unleash your true power. For more information, visit DrAgnesFrankel.com. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub for Empowerment Radio and learn breakthrough solutions to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. Tune in the first and third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific to Empowerment Radio with host Dr. Friedemann Schaub on Transformation Talk Radio. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com to learn more. Hi, this is Carol Dorian, here to tell you about the new and improved Spiritual Diagnostics, coming to you every Tuesday at 2 p.m. starting April 25th. We will be having new amazing guests. We will have new spiritual topics for the new year. So look out for our new revamped show, Spiritual Diagnostics, Psychic Answers and Spiritual Solutions. April 25th at 2 o'clock. Get ready to experience Truth Talk Radio with host Deb Acker. Tune in to Truth Talk Radio each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com to illuminate the truth in your daily life as you experience life, love, and abundance from a whole new perspective. This hit show will leave you feeling lighter and bring you into a place of infinite possibilities every day in every way. Visit truthtalkradioshow.com for upcoming transformative topics and guests. What if your body and mind were the compasses to the secrets, mysteries, and magic of life? Glenna Rice, co-host of The Questionable Parent, is inviting you to access all that is possible. Glenna is a 10-year certified veteran access consciousness facilitator who offers an amazing variety of life-changing classes and workshops. Work with Glenna from anywhere with teleclasses and workshops all over the globe. To learn more and see Glenna's current schedule of events, classes, and workshops, visit GlennaRice.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We are talking about the midlife crisis and how to turn it into the mojo and emerge as your true self. And for that, I have invited Frankie Picasso, who is the author of that Midlife Mojo book and the founder of the Good Radio Network. Now, Frankie, just tell us quickly, how can people find out more about you and your work and the radio show and all the things that you're doing? Well, my big thing, my big you know, project right now is is the Good Radio Network. And the Good Radio Network is a platform, a socially conscious platform for talk radio. And I have two shows, Mission Unstoppable and Frankie Sense and More. And they're they're different. And one is a variety show. Frankie Sense is more of a variety show, but it's they're aligned with um, the United Nations Global Goals. And 
uh, I really like to make sure that I have nonprofits on because I want to help people change the world and support them in a way that I can do it. And that's, you know, through giving them a voice. And how can people tune into this show? Um, they can go to the goodradionetwork.com. All the shows are on there. I have other hosts as well. And um, they can just listen or they can write to Frankie at the goodradionetwork.com. They can write to me there. Um, I'm also an artist and I do uh, paintings for people, custom paintings. And um, the money goes to pay for cleft palate surgery for children uh, through Mercy Ships or VVF surgery for women who... Um, have this fistula and and uh, easy fixes for for things that are are very you know disheartening so mm, i encourage fabulous. people yeah um it's on fine you can look at me look me up on fine art america um if somebody wants a painting well thank you well if you have any questions for frankie or me call in at 888-418-6898 that's again 888-418 six eight nine zero sorry nine zero and uh, you can also of course uh, leave a message on the chat board on transformationtalkradio.com so we just talked about before the break how the riding in the sunset with the younger model and the sports car is one way of shocking the world and maybe oneself even and breaking through and breaking out of the constraints of the world or the life that seems too small. And I was wondering, are there also more elegant or more docile ways to go through this uh, midlife and still make meaningful changes and find yourself without having to turn everything upside down? Absolutely. <laughs> There are. And and I love how you say an elegant solution. I like that. Um, I think the people who are craving and beginning to crave something more, and maybe they don't understand what that is, but I would encourage you to, you know, to find a coach, a life coach or, or some kind of counselor or therapist to help you understand what it is that you're feeling. Now I want to make, I want people to understand what mojo is. Mojo is comes from the Congo and, and the Congolese word is moyo. And that word means life force. So what mm. you're really doing is, is just finding the life, putting the life back in you, you know, that, that, that force that, that just makes you light up and enjoy every day. So that's what, that's where we're going with midlife mojo, finding our life force in, in midlife. Now, a lot of people feel selfish that, and people will call you selfish that you um, want to leave a marriage or that you want to uh, leave a good paying job and take something that doesn't pay as well. But I have to, I have to say that where I come from, I don't believe that's true. I do think, um, Friedman, that we come into this world alone and we leave it alone. And, and it is our singular journey that we are here and that we attract other people. And, and along the way is, is really great. And it's unfortunate that maybe sometimes we have to hurt people's feelings, but this is our journey and it's our learning opportunity. And I think that, that, we can't um, be too selfless in that I, because otherwise we might have to repeat this life again. So I think that, you know, if you're true to heart and authentic, then trying to be who you really are is not a bad thing. No, and I believe we are in a much greater service also to the world if we are really living our authentic truth than if we're tending to be someone else. I mean, mm -hmm. I have seen this in my own family. I see this often with clients that have just 
basically given in and given up to follow their heart or follow their dreams and then go into that role of more being the the martyr the one that just overgives and unfortunately and this shows you that this is often not the right way because it creates a lot of resentment and bitterness so you do continue to give you dutifully play your role mm-hmm. but you hate every minute of it and Until i really, you have a breakdown <laughs> Right. Well, yeah. yeah. If you're lucky, you have a breakdown. If yeah. you're not, you just continue until the end. And and I think that's cheating yourself because we are here certainly with this birthright to also be happy and the birthright to shine our lights and to be that what we are meant to be. And if we are not allowing ourselves that to do, then we are not really serving creation. We are not really showing up in a way that we could show up. I mean, if you are thinking about, Frankie, your life, or I'm thinking about my life, if we would have stayed in that, what we were told to do, and if we would have dutifully continued, don't you think we would have not been so meaningful or impactful in how we may have affected other people's life once we for, broke out? For sure. Uh, my life would have been small. I know that. And I, you know, I can imagine... And, you know, maybe for a minute that your mom, you know, I have a cardiac surgeon for a son and that's very exciting. And when you tell her, I'm not going to do that anymore, it might've been a little disheartening for her. And not that she doesn't love you and not anything, but, you know, we, there are parents' expectations for us and for them, it was a big, big deal. And, and for you, it's like, eh, you know what? I don't want to do it anymore. And it wasn't that casual, but you know, for them, it, it must have been a bit more difficult to give up that idea. But and, my and mother actually understood it very well because she lived a life where I think she had bigger dreams for herself that she then it allowed mm-hmm. herself to have. And that's one of those things that I find, uh, you know, shining example on how I didn't want to end up because my right. mother really was a wonderful but also an overgiving person who, until the end of her life, had just. Uh, served more others and really looked after herself and her own happiness. And um, and that's unfortunate, especially yeah. because you you see that, you know, someone with such a big heart deserves to have more happiness in her in her life. So I think she was happy for me that I saw this was not Good. right for me and move beyond it. Yeah, my mom, you know, also did not was not did not have a happy life. Um, she definitely wanted more from her life than she was able to have. And she was just probably born at the wrong time. You know, um, she she had her master's in economics and she just, when she married, you know, my dad and, and her former husband, um, she was expected to play a housewife role and be a mom and stay at home and look after things. And I, my mom wanted to run companies. And I think that was when she finally got divorced. um, She said, like her girlfriends go, come on, let's go find a guy. Let's get a facelift. Let's go do all this stuff. And she's like, I never want another man, like ever. I don't want anyone ever telling me again what to do. And she went to work and ran a company and loved it in the end. And so I think that, you know, everybody, she, she would have probably been the first person to say, yes, go off go off and do what you really want to do because it is hard to live somebody else's dream. And a lot of, you know, women in the past, did live their husband's dream for himself, mm. not for herself. You know, they they gave up whatever wants or desires they had for somebody else. And so I don't, I, I do believe that that um, we're allowed to have our dreams and we're allowed to fulfill them. Now for me, you know, what I really wanted to do when I was nine years old 
was be on the radio. And I had forgotten that. And, and you know, I sent away for um, the National Institute of Broadcasting Records. And I wanted to be a veterinarian and a jockey and a radio host. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, and I still want to be a veterinarian today. I go, do you think I could go to school? Am I too old? But, you know, because I try everything. I like to do everything. I'm a, you know, permanent student. But I... I I almost forgot about that dream until one of my students at the, at, you know, the International Coach Academy said to me, I'm going to start a radio show. Would you like to join me? And I'm like, yes, I would. <laughs> I really would. <laughs> and it brought all that dream back for me. And, and so oftentimes when I work with people, and I'm sure you do the same, we go back to their child and go, what is it that you really wanted to do? Who did you mm. want to be? I loved art when I was a kid, but I didn't, I didn't paint until I was fifties. You know, I loved all of these things, but, um, yeah, they didn't come back around until my midlife. Well, this is in interesting because I do believe that we forget the dreams of our childhood. And uh, and I believe that those dreams are not gone. They are still existing inside of us. And there is a reason why they are there. They're like the seeds that we brought into our lives often. And, uh, and I think that's something that we want to honor and uh, really make sure that they eventually come to flourishion. But, uh, you know, what I'm what I'm wondering is, and we, we talked in the break about it, now in order to be able to find your true self, and Justin, we're just going to skip the break, uh, in order to really come to your true self, we have to get out of our heads. Mm -hmm. Because if we're, you know, looking at our day-to-day -day lives, there is a lot of maneuvering, rationalizing, trying to figure things out, living more in a place of logic. Our emotions are almost in the way and we are not really connecting to our feelings and maybe our intuition or that what our heart is telling us. So what would you suggest or what did you find is was helping you or helping your clients to, to find a way to just let the head be the head and go a little bit more deeper and deeper and closer into the heart, which ultimately is the source of our true self. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things um, I like to tell my clients is that their body is a, is a giant bioprocessor. And so I'll often say, well, where do you feel that? When you tell me something, where do you feel that? And people are so afraid to feel and right. I, I had, you know, one, one gentleman go, I'll call you back in a couple hours on that. And he called me back. He goes, I don't have any feelings. Mm. I go, yeah, you have feelings. They're dumb. They're numb right now, but you do have them. And so we need to get in touch with those feelings and find out, you know, why does something resonate or not resonate in your body? And, you know, I don't, it, it came up on the weekend about the work of Dr. Emoto in with the water and, mm -hmm. and, you know, his experiments with water about putting kind words and, and beautiful words and, and negative words on water. And what came out of that for me was our body is 75% water. And when we talk to ourselves in a disparaging way, is it any wonder that we have disease? Because right. we're affecting all of everything inside of us. So we need to go inside us. And one of those things that I said, you know, ask yourself questions we have to ask ourselves questions and we are committed um, in ways that we don't even understand to outcomes that we don't understand why. And what I mean by that is we have what, what in coaching terms is called an underlying automatic commitment. So if your life isn't the life that you want, 
look at why those things aren't showing up in your life. And maybe you're committed to a different outcome, a secret outcome that you don't know about because it's internal, it's in your subconscious. And, mm. and so everything that we do and every, every um, way that we go about living our life in, in the ways that we do it uh, are, are destined by ourselves or, or by, by our subconscious. And so what I mean by that is if, um, if if I react or act to to stimuli in a certain way, it's because it's been programmed in me to do that. And can I change that? Absolutely. I can create a new neural pathway in my brain and react differently to stimuli than I do right now. But I have to find out who am I and who do I want to be? And the only way to do that is is to ask yourself those questions. And they can be very hard yeah. to ask, you know, and maybe you need someone to bounce those off from. But you have to challenge your beliefs and, and, you know, ask yourself, whose voice do I hear when things happen to me? Right, right. Well, you know, I think uh, this is something that also goes into the de-identification of yourself. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, for so many years, you know, we can call it programming or imprinting or just Mm -hmm. uh, basically allowing others to determine who we are supposed to be, we are identifying ourselves maybe with 80% of who we are not really. And there are maybe just these 20% that exist inside of Mm -hmm. us that have been untouched. But, you know, I feel like what we have to be willing through asking questions is also to figure out more of what is there that is me and that is independent of what I have been doing or what other people have been seeing me. And, and for that, what I, you know, talking about the heart, mm-hmm. what you mentioned about these emotions is also about the difficulty of people often seeing their goodness. You know, mm-hmm. just we have to start seeing that there is an inherent goodness inside of all of us. Even if we have been maybe very critical with ourselves or very demanding or have constantly be telling ourselves that we are somehow flawed if we're starting to look at all these signs that show us, well, we are full of compassion. We have a lot of empathy and we are the ones that are stopping when someone is crying and asking, hey, is there anything I can do for you? And when you just look at your goodness, you can also see something that is valuable beyond what you have been doing or contributing or producing and gives you also something to hold on to as you are going into this next phase of your life. I mean, isn't that something that you find with your clients too? Absolutely. And, you know, I I was thinking the other day about the Hallmark movies and how people watch those movies and they cry and they think, oh, isn't that beautiful? I wish our family were like that. Or, you know, wouldn't that be wonderful if our families were like that or our town was like that and everybody helped one another. And yet in their day-to-day life, they're nothing like that. They don't even try to be that way. You know, so it, it, they have the emotion and they want it, but they don't act it. And one of the hallmarks that I have found in midlife, when you have that midlife crisis, is a desire to help other people to change what's going on around you and 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 to change, you know, uh, the universe. Let's say so, it, because I think that's part of coming back home, coming home to that true self, mm-hmm. that the the you know that being. Um, that unearthly being that we are uh, living this existence. And, and I think that's part of it. So heart is everything. And right. when you live heart centered, you're, you're living your authentic self. And, you know, I say in the book that, 
you know, Shakespeare said that all the world is a stage, but if you feel that you didn't get the right role, then you can change that. That's up to you. And, and you're able to do that. Um, I don't believe in blaming other people. I take responsibility for who I am. And I, I hope that other people will take responsibility, even though I'm telling you that, you know, you were programmed <laughs> with, with, with stuff that doesn't belong to you. You can now take responsibility for yourself and say, I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to I do what Freedom did. And I don't want to be um, living somebody else's life. I want to live my own life. So the way to do that is to do it. So in the book, we talk about, um, I, I talk about, you know, uh, deciding a, you have to kind of decide what it is that you want to do. You can, but you can act, act as if, you know, you can model good behavior, model the people that you admire, model how they, how they walk in the world. And, and maybe you're not that way right now, but you can feel that way. You can feel as if you were, and you can think as if you are. And when you start to do those things, you become those things. And, and this is how, you know, you, you start to come back to the you and go, this, okay, I, I'm starting, this doesn't feel like me. This feels like me. This is something I like. This is not something that I like. And, and make those choices. We talk about fear and the fear to make a choice. And, you know, in the book, I, I, I ask people to choose, choose a paint color, but people are so afraid to choose a paint color, but it's just paint and it can be changed. Make a decision and, and try it, you know, right. because it's not do or die. It's not, you can, you know, everybody sticks with vanilla, try Jamocha almond. You can try a different flavor and, and see, maybe you like it. Maybe you don't people, you know, I know people who have stayed in the same city, same village for their entire existence and never gone more than five kilometers out. Um, I don't know if I could ever have done that, you know, but maybe that's for them, but I, I can't imagine that that's a very full life. I don't know. But well, if you like you know, to travel and, you, and you're afraid to travel, well, then you're not being authentic to yourself. Exactly. And I think that's the important part, right? I mean, I don't think that there is a formula on what a fulfilling life is. Right. I but agree. I think what you what you say uh, about just trying out new things and getting a little bit beyond this, what feels comfortable and familiar, but then also very constraining and somehow suffocating, just these little steps. I remember a client who was in a very high-powered job, stressed out and uh, very unhappy and really uh, not only anxious but also depressed. And when she allowed herself to spend a few hours a week to paint, which was mm. really her childhood dream, she kept the job, she kept the relationship, she stayed in the same place, but her whole life turned around because she reclaimed a dream and also saw herself as more as just that uh, person, you know, working in this company or the person who had this relationship, she saw herself as an artist. Nice. And that's something she always dreamt to be. So that wasn't, you know, changing her entire life or right. the she outer give circumstances. Up yeah. It's just adding something to it that she felt really drawn to that brought her closer to herself. And I think that's also the the message that, you know, I think your book is showing. It doesn't have to be something where you feel it's all or nothing because mm -hmm. ultimately that brings up this inner protector that says, oh no, people will be upset with you and oh no, you're going to just, uh, you know, create a lot of problems. Sometimes it's just about a little adjustment or a little addition or a little change that can really bring you so much closer to yourself. And 
and I'm sure you have seen this too, that can then create a ripple effect, a snowball oh, effect. But there is a little warning. I want to put a little warning in there because here, here is an ex- a really great example. My husband plays guitar. He loves guitar and he owns eight guitars now. Very expensive mm. guitars. And, and I don't know, you know, the big difference between them all, but there's a difference for him. But when he was young, he was not allowed to play guitar. He was mm. in, a, in a religion that was very um, stifling and, and that wasn't, you were allowed to play this or nothing. And you didn't play this kind of music and you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And so he felt so cheated because mm. he, what if I'd started when I was five years old? How, how good could I play then? What if I'd started you know, earlier? What if they had encouraged me? And, and so he has the opportunity to do it now and he has the opportunity to play as much or as little as he wants. And I have to remind him to just let go of those feelings, those negative feelings toward his parents for not allowing it and just say, you're, you're allowed to now. Yeah, and that's what's that's important. Definitely. Very much so. And I think in general, like you said, this blaming uh, someone else for the choices that ultimately we continue to make, they may yeah. have been made at the beginning of our lives. I mean, for yeah. me, it was very clear that I'm going to become a doctor because everyone else in my family was a doctor. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if you continue to make those choices, then at some point you have to realize it's your responsibility and there is no one to blame. Blame is anyhow not really very helpful as an energy because it keeps you usually into a more negative state. But so when just to, you know, to look at what another thing of your book, which I found interesting, was the idea of the commitment versus trying. What what is Mm. actually the difference there? I love that. So, you know, I, I, I say that trying is lying. So when people say to me, well, I'll try it, you know, they're saying, I'll put my toe in the water, but I'm not going to swim. And when you really want something from life, when you really, really want something, you have to commit to it. And that commitment is a vow and it's sacred and you're going to be all in. Just like you commit to, you know, to to a wife or a spouse or whatever, you're going to commit to being the best version of you. You're going to commit to getting through school. You're going to commit. Like, I, I really want people to be unstoppable. And the way to do that is to commit. So when you say, I'm going to try, here's a, here, here's, you know, a perfect experiment. Pick up a pen, try to drop it. Just try mm, it. If you drop yeah. that pen, you didn't try, you did it. That's so right. there is no trying. Trying is, is lying. When, when parents say to their kids, well, I'll try to pick that up for you, you know they're not going to get it. They're not going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, in some ways you would argue that would say that when you commit, you can never, ever stay in bed and don't do it because you committed to it. I mean, isn't that a little harsh? Oh, no. I, you know what? No. Nothing says that you can't do other things or, or try it or and try or commit to it. And then it didn't work <laughs> out for you. You committed right. to becoming a doctor. You did it. Okay, done. Yeah. I finished with that. I can commit to something else now, but I'm saying the things that you want in life, right. like people say, well, I really wanted it, but I didn't get it. No, you didn't commit. Cause if you had committed, you would have it. And I believe that. And that's what I talked about the underlying automatic commitment that says you have a commitment to something else that you don't know about. That's that that is what's what's holding you back from what you think your subconscious wants. And and so, you know, the example I think I give in the book is about money. So if you want to be wealthy and you're not wealthy, the reason for that is because you have a commitment to not being wealthy. 
Because if you really wanted it, you would find a way to do it. So why would you have a commitment to not being wealthy? Well, maybe you grew up in a house where where the, everybody sat around the dinner table and go, I hate those rich snobs. Right, right. And that's definitely then subconscious programming, which uh, yeah. is something, you know, as we know, can be changed when you're just starting to be aware of it and know what you want to believe instead. Now, Frankie, we could talk for hours I because know. there are so many interesting things that uh, we both have in common and that you have described in the book. So I just unfortunately have already come. We have come to the end of the show. So I want to thank you again very much for being on the show and just uh, say once again how people can find out about you and the radio show. Uh, just please go to www.thegoodradionetwork.com and write to Frankie at thegoodradionetwork.com. Thank you so much. You're a wonderful host. You're just so delightful to talk to. Well, so are you. Thank you. And we have to do this again. I really enjoyed I so. it very much. And uh, good luck. Well, stay committed to living your mojo and finding your mojo no matter what age you are. Enjoy these next two weeks until our next show. and. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Join Dr. Friedemann the first and third Wednesday each month at 11 a.m. Pacific as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. Discover how you can use the power of your mind to overcome stress, anxiety, and overwhelm and create a solid foundation of confidence and self-esteem. Learn cutting-edge tools so that you can approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. To learn more about what Dr. Schaub can do for you, visit the fearandanxietysolution.com.